This is the 2009 Jack Straw Writers Program. Writer Angela Martinez D is interviewed by program curator Donna Mascolta. I think that in poetry we can dissect why things are the way they are and and really come to a, a personal understanding of it as well as an understanding that can be shared with the rest of the world as to how a certain situation or a certain condition came to be. If we get to the bottom of it all, using the poetry, the next step is to step back, back into the real world and decide what is it we're going to do about the things that we've just discovered. Can you talk about the difference between spoken word and poetry on the page? Poetry on the page is where it all begins. We can't even have spoken word too often without poetry on the page, though there are people who are excellent at freestyling spoken word poems. I start on the page with all of the truth that I can come up with. And once that is out there, then I read the words that have been written and try to find the right cadence, the right pacing, the right volume at which to present the words that are already written on the page. Now you'll hear Angela's live reading at Jack Straw Productions. The first poem I'm going to read is called When I Teach, I Am the Wind. It has other names, but that's what we'll call it for tonight. Um, and it's a poem about the very first class that I ever taught of my own accord. I developed the curriculum, and they were mine to work with for the entire summer. And it's about why I continue doing work with youth and why I continue teaching. When I teach, I am the wind. I know this. You cannot see the wind, but you'll always feel its presence, whether a wisping of air, kiss of hair on your cheek, or one swift whistle by your ear. If you don't listen, you'll miss it. When I teach, I am the wind. My children, they be fireflies, afraid to shine their lights in the darkness of the hood for fear of being singled out. Semhar, self-described, a short black building, a whale. Tony, a television set, Chucky, a gun, Reese, a charm bracelet made of gold, but in fact an iron lung, Zamea, with a razor hidden under her tongue, flashes her smile at us but once, then it's gone. She hides it quick, the dangerous weapon that it is. Rosemary, since her school days began, was bussed from her home to Lower Queen Anne for her parents' hopes of a better education, one far from the Holly Park projects. Tamika, despite the gift of an innate stage presence, frets each day about her appearance, though she sees herself mostly as a child of God. My students, they are rocket launchers, government-issue grenades, and pride their pins, exploding when pulled like Shai's hair and temper on her natural days. To Shaikisha, everything come natural. Nicole, a small caged animal, double-bent and hateful from years of being prodded at with roughened, sharpened sticks, her beat-up running shoes already pointed outward, toes hanging over the precipice. My children been pushed to the edge and some of them prepared to slip into lives of labor after years of public education have prepared them for nothing but my kids done shut their eyes and ears to this learning business, learn to take matters into their own, not quite grown hands. I let Chuck down the way a rock falls. Plunk down an unsatisfactory on his grade chart without warning in the way one chucks a rock across the water to watch it skip, but it may plop, it let you down, an upturned edge missing an intended leap. I let him down like a falling leaf whose bright summer hues fade quickly come fall. Come fall, the new school year brings nothing for him. Cracking jokes about bricks of weed, I ask him for an image. He says, what? Bricks of weed ain't images? 
When I ask him for a simile, he writes people twist like tornadoes. And even though I know he's right, he can't tell me why. Then when we cover metaphor, he writes, I am the sky, but with no faith in his words. Never once have you had something in which to believe. The worst mark I could give him was no fair warning. Unsatisfactory, smacked him across the face like the cops did. The ones on his block accosting young men who look just like him. No fair warning. Come fall, the new school year brings nothing. No reason to trust his teachers. Why would I be any different? No one sparked a match under the pilot light of his conscious mind or blown him away with the power of words. And now it seems the only thing he's learned is not to care. Quote, Schools these days are teaching antiquated information, preparing students for a world that no longer exists, Robert Kiyosaki. My students, they be dreams of maybe someday owning a black Range Rover or stories of pregnant teenage baby mamas, that's their friend, gangs and family drama with big dogs on the block, sometimes funerals on Saturdays or maybe midweek if the mortuary's all booked up with funerals on Saturdays or maybe midweek because the mortuary is all booked up. When I teach them, I'm the wind. They won't know I've been there till I'm gone, and there is no more gentle pressure constant at their backs wishing waves into the sands of their youthful desert dreams. My students, they be dreams of Someday owning a black Range Rover and stories and pregnant teenage baby mamas, they're the soft, fleshy part on the inside of your cheek. It's too easy to bite down on. But they're also the razors, glinting, solid, sharp, pushed to the edge, minds reeling at the precipice. They be clammy palms, be seashells be shadows of their future selves, be all their shallow calls for help, be but numbers to the school district, but butterflies to me, be the iron lungs that live to let each other breathe, be present moment, be poetry, exploding like Shaikisha's hair on her natural days. This poem is called If You Want to Know What We Are, and it's after Carlos Bulosan's poem of the same name. And he was a, a very famous Filipino-American writer who wasn't famous when he started writing, as most writers are not. But he was a laborer and an immigrant. And he moved from the Philippines to the West Coast and spent a lot of time in Seattle, a lot of time in California. And he taught himself English and became just this really brilliant, amazing writer. And he told the stories of what he had seen, his life stories and, and the stories of the people around him. And that's something that really inspires me. So if you want to know what we are. If you want to know what we are who inhabit mega malls and flashy SUVs, Gucci slippers and flapping sandals, one-room shanties and block-long mansions behind sky-high walls, broken-down Beacon Hill ramblers and Swedish penthouses as staff or nanny or wife. If you want to know what we are who become nurses, office assistants, inventors, street vendors, technicians, musicians, military men, airport employees, aerospace engineers, mothers, actors, dental hygienists, domestic violence victims, the glorious aspirations of our poetic ancestors, the butt of jokes the world over, communities that knit, rise and fall like the chest, like breath, like projectiles subjected to the force of gravity. 
If you want to know who we are, who grow vegetables and roots only to rip them from the soil when our homes are covered in war, who grow into trends of US idealism because we have been spoon-fed our parents' dreams, who grow tired of this endless death march, battalion members lost along the way, who grow rich in friendship and laughter because only these lighten the load. What we are is ever swept downstream, whether in the homeland or overseas, millions of Filipinos seeking our survival in foreign lands, learning foreign tongues, Arabic to Japanese to the language of the streets, universe speak, broken souls instead of speech. We are in the nudie bars of Tokyo, scrubbing Saudi Arabian floors, nursing Eurasian babies in Germany, Sweden, Amsterdam, Michigan, upstate New York, unbroken souls with broken speech. We are in Catholic churches across the globe. You may find us in mosques or at market or used for human target practice in Southern California for being brown. You will not find us quiet often in Chicago or Canada or cyberspace. We are building your websites and inventing MySpace. We are on MySpace by the multi-millions coaxing our electronic selves into existence. We are in the booth, the recording booth. Every day off we got from that job that don't pay us what we're worth. Most don't pay attention. We are both present and invisible to the public eye. We are Nick Lachey's new wife and the man who murdered Versace, Kunanan. For a while, we were all Kunanan. We are Rufio, Ileto, and better luck tomorrow, Miss Saigon Salanga and half of Foxy Brown. We are the Il Nana, Phil Nana. The Filipina, filling in where the rest dare not tread, leave our homes for our daily bread. We are rice fields flooded with years of spilled blood and unwept need. Pleasure to be here with you tonight. This podcast was produced by Jack Straw Productions as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The 2009 curator of this program is Donna Miskolta. Music performed by Bob Reese and recorded as part of the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. Producer is Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are Mo Preventure, Tom Stiles, and CJ Lazenby. Narrator is Amy Broomhall, and executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, Poncho, the Mayor's Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>